If you decide that this moment is just a moment and that you are here breathing and meant for something greater because you have this vision of your company or whatever you want to do, that's trampling. It's okay. You're just going to keep bouncing back. If you have to bounce back multiple times, then so be it. And there's many different types of rock bottoms and every chapter talks about all the rock bottoms I experienced in 10 years that I never talked about. Today on the show, we have Charlinda Scales. She is the founder of Mutt's Sauce. This is a powerful conversation. She's been through a lot. She's very open about it. She talks about the struggles coming out on the other side. She talks about her new book that's coming out at the end, which I'm really excited to read. I appreciated this conversation a lot. And if you're an entrepreneur or someone who wants to start a business, this is definitely a more honest look at what it's like to run a business and the struggles that people go through, you know, in and outside of their companies. But before we get into that, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, put on Mind Your Marketing podcast here. And today, my only ask is that you share this episode if you enjoy it, share it with somebody. Share it with somebody who wants to start a business, share it with somebody who has a business or someone who's interested in it. Just take this episode, hey, text it to a friend, hey, check this out. That's my only ask and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, let's get into it. Hey, Charlinda. Welcome to the show. How you doing? Hey, Jordan. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I want to uh, hop right in. I've watched some of the videos, some of the, the content you've put out there. You talk about being unapologetically flawed, and I think yeah. there's power in that. Can you walk me through yeah, what that means to you and why you feel like it's important to put that out? Yeah, I think it, it comes with just living life. There comes a point in your life where you're over trying to fit in the box and many people probably don't even realize how much they are trying to fit in society's box or be beholden to someone else's standards validation and they're just coming to a point where it's like i'm over that i know that i'm flawed i know i have uh things i need to work on there are things that i'm never going to perfect and that's okay it's just going to be flawed and you're going to have to be okay with the complexity and the brokenness and everything that goes with it. I'm not seeking acceptance. So I like that. I like this idea of being imperfectly perfect and accepting all of those parts of us, the, you know, the parts we love, the parts we're working on, and maybe the parts that we don't even notice or we, we feel insecure about. One of the things I heard Ryan Holiday, this author speak about whenever he finds himself, you know, comparing himself to another author or to another business person, he always goes, okay, would I change lives with them completely? Mm. Or am I just jealous of this one part? Am I just jealous of their writing skills? Yeah. And every time he goes through that exercise, he realizes, oh, I would never trade completely, right? I like all that I am. So yeah, I, I think there's something powerful in that. And I'm glad that you're putting that message out there because I think a lot of us entrepreneurs, we all want to try to act perfect online or we feel the pressure to be perfect. And it's just not real. It's a carefully curated highlight reel. And carefully curated means that's what they want you to see. Nobody's going to pop on here with a screaming toddler. No one's going to, you know, wants to put that. They're putting like, when their child was an angel and takes the picture, not like the 45 takes of them crying before they actually took a good photo. So, yeah. Yeah, you're spot on. I think it comes down to, uh, or not all comes down to, but 
we see people playing characters online, characters of themselves in this, you know, version that they want to curate and manufacture for the outside mm. world, but it's just not true in showing all facets of, you know, life, work, which yeah. is everything in between. Yeah. Now, moving on a little bit, who is Charlie Farrell? And talk to me about his role in your life. Yes. Well, Charlie Farrell was my, I would say my father figure growing up, even though biologically he is my grandfather. So Charlie Farrell Jr., he was an Air Force aircraft mechanic back in the Korean Vietnam. He served on active duty Korean Vietnam. By the time I grew up in Cookville, Tennessee, he was a retiree with a lot of war stories. So I grew up with him and my grandmother and my mom. We were all living out in the countryside in Tennessee. And I would hear all this, these stories about things he was passionate about. He had made this sauce back in 1956 that didn't have a name. Now, his call sign when he was in Korean Vietnam, they called him Mutt. And he was just so versatile. He had friends from every background. You can even look at photos of him in Okinawa with the family. And you just didn't see that in that time frame in history, not in America anyway, of people of different backgrounds having a, a barbecue, like not a care in the world. But that was his reality because his personality was something that could go beyond those barriers. But he made his sauce in 1956. And he was very passionate about solving the problem of people being wasteful with condiments. And, you know, it's tomato based. So it's like a barbecue. He'd use it a lot for backyard barbecues, but that was it. He would put this thing together and he'd say, everybody come over to the house. And that was it. He could make a good meal, bring everyone together. And I tried to replicate that once I learned that I'd inherited the recipe for this all-purpose sauce. And that's why it's called Mutt Sauce. I named it after him and put his face on it. So the logo is my granddad and it's called Mutt Sauce to give my respect for the hard work that he did. Because I, look, Jordan, I am not just self-proclaimed, but my family says I can't even boil water. I'm like the worst cook in my family. So uh, <laughs> that's not even, you know, I'm not even making that part up. They'll vouch in a heartbeat. But I, I figured giving him that honor, was like, this is his sauce. That's what's called Mutt's with apostrophe S. This is Mutt's sauce. Sounds like he was a man who had a lot of principles that he lived by, really prioritized and built relationships. He said he invited um, you know, people over all the time. Talk to me about some of the principles maybe he lived by or that the military instilled and then how I know you were a service member as well, how those kind of transcended down to you and have impacted, you know, you on maybe the business side, family altogether. We're definitely a military family. I'm a fourth generation veteran and my family has served in every single branch except for the Coast Guard and now the Space Force that it's a branch too. But those core values of service before self, integrity first, excellence in all we do, our family lived by those core values as well. He was always community minded and the family is everything with something in here. Family is everything. Take care of your family. And so that was an easy decision for me uh, when I finally got mentorship to start Mutt Sauce. The one thing that made me decide was when my mentor said, your grandfather loved his family and I think he's giving the baton to you to take care of the family. And it's not just a bottle of sauce. This is multi-generational wealth and the ability to take care of kids he'll, he'll never meet. You know, the generations he'll never get to meet. He wanted to do it himself. He just ran out of time because 
he had stage four lung cancer. That's eventually what did it for him in, in the end. I was a ROTC, Reserve Officer Training Corps student cadet. I was still in college and it was the last year that I was going to graduate. And he, I feel like he just hung in there until he could see me put my uniform on because it was less than a year after that. So what he carried through is not just do as I say, but to try to fight cancer all the way to saluting me was like, I want to show you how important this is. That's what's important. It's interesting where, some people may hear the story of being handed, you know, the recipe and and view that as a burden where I think, and it sounds like you have seen it and used it as both seen it as a gift and used it as fuel and been something to kickstart building this, you know, like you said, this business now for the family, that's a representation of multiple generations and for generations to come. So there's a lot of power in that. Now, you get the recipe, you say, I'm going to make this sauce. Okay. There's a lot of people listening who maybe have, they want to do something. Maybe they're just got out of the service. They may be there and there's, there's money. How did you get the money to launch this? <laughs> like, was this going and finding an investor? Was it just savings? How did you proceed to get that initial run out? At first, I just want to make a couple bottles for friends and family. I wasn't even thinking about this whole you know, grocery, build the grocery line and all the stuff we're doing now, but I have a bottled product. I also didn't have a lot of financial literacy, Jordan. So I grew up with my grandparents on the farm and then my mom wanted to be independent. So we moved in what's considered the projects, like housing projects, low income housing. And it's not till you get to school that the kids are like, you're poor. And they, I'm like, I don't feel poor. But having People infuse this like you are poor, you don't have anything throughout your life as a kid. I eventually got to the military and my biggest goal was to have a BMW. That was my life goal. People were wondering like, oh, she's I'm saving diligently as a new lieutenant, I'm paying stuff off. And I had about $25,000 saved. And it was for the sole purpose of buying a BMW if I ever made major, which is usually around the 10-year point. And I was just going to go in that lot and buy the BMW with cash and drive off. And again, my mentor was from uh, SCORE, which is an organization across the country, provides free mentorship. And they're talking about depreciating assets. I was like, I don't, I don't know what, it, what you mean, depreciating. What? You know, I was like, have you seen this? <laughs> Have you seen this ride? Like this ride is cool. It's like you have a choice you can make. You can bootstrap it. It's called bootstrapping with your savings into this company that could probably reap more dividends than you could even imagine right now. Or you can buy the Beamer and forget it. We'll just, you know, go to your kitchen, make a couple bottles, which is fine. That's called cottage level. So in the pyramid that I teach food businesses, there's a pyramid of manufacturing a food product. So cottage is where you make it at your house. It's not, it doesn't, yeah. Let's talk about this because you actually have, from that learning you went through, and like you said, you were learning, building the plane as it was flying, especially when it came to business, business finances, understanding. And when anybody's starting a business or bootstrapping, your finances are the business finances. I, I get it, it's useful to separate them, but it's still your initial investment. And walk me through now, where you actually have a curriculum that's helping food businesses 
Can you just give us mm -hmm. a little bit on, I guess, yeah, what that organization is, and then let's go through that pyramid. Sure. I'm so now I'm not only the founder of Mutt Sauce LLC, I'm also the executive director of the Otase Foundation. And the Otase Foundation has two projects that they're managing. We have Six Triple Eight Kitchen Incubator. We're building a commercial kitchen space here in Dayton, Ohio. And I'm also the lead facilitator for our financial literacy course called Sharpen the Axe. And Sharpen the Axe, you can go on sharpentheaxe.org and sign up. We have cohorts at least five or six a year. But the purpose of it is you can make a mean cupcake. And you'll usually hear food businesses, specific to food businesses, they'll say, oh, man, I, I make the best cupcakes. I go to all these parties. People are like, you should start a business. And then they start it. And I'm usually meeting them at the three or four year point, And they're like thousands of dollars in the hole. They don't know how they're losing money or they don't know how they got in the hole. And I start going, you know, Shark Tank style because I've been on Shark Tank too. And I start doing the whole Shark Tank thing. What's your cost of goods sold? What's your profit margin? And they're looking at me with their eyes glazed over like, what do you mean? I mean, the same look I had when my mentor said depreciating assets. But, you know, I'm going to meet you where you're at. And I'm like, you're a charity. You don't know that you're a cupcake charity. You've priced your product at $4 a cupcake and your ingredients and everything costs you $6 a cupcake. You're losing money every time you sell a cupcake. That's why you're thousands of dollars in the hole. So it breaks all that down into like really understandable language for them and then teaches them that you don't have to start out. So the reason why I say $25,000 to bootstrap mutt sauce is because I decided to start at a higher level. I decided to get a manufacturer from day one because I was still on active duty. I'm still serving my country and I was under contract and you did not negotiate your time with the military. They're like, we own your time. What are you talking about? I was able to still sell the product because someone else was making it. Most of them start out at mm. home, which, you know, you have a, a couple hundred bucks, a couple thousand as like your bootstrap for your business. So you can do that. I would always caution against other people's money when you're first starting until you understand the inner workings of your own company and what it takes to survive before you just like, yeah, you can have a cut. Like if you don't even know how much it costs to make a cupcake, why would you promise this person that you can pay him back? How do you even promise them? I can pay you back. Yeah, it's interesting. What I, and I was guilty of this when I started my business too, but I call it like playing business versus doing business. <laughs> and, you know, I was guilty of playing business for years, having business partners where we're all just friends, but not really differentiated our skills or offerings. Like looking at exactly what you're saying, should we be taking external capital? How does that strategically help us get to our goal that we want mm -hmm. to achieve? Or are we just raising money because we think that's what you're supposed to do? Yeah. Or we don't have a model flushed out. We haven't tested the product. We don't, all of those things to go, is this even ready for prime time? Or should I do some more farmer's markets and see if the ah, people actually want this? Yeah, yeah. Now you go, you start to build mutts, you're doing events, and then COVID comes and shuts us all down. Yeah. But you had to pivot. So talk me through that time. And you also had, uh, you had just given birth. So walk me through, you know, now looking back a few years, what that time was like for you and, and some of the pivots that you undertook. Absolutely. So and COVID was very difficult. I think that was, you know, there's several rock bottom moments on an entrepreneur's journey. For me, that was a big one because 
I felt like I was doing so well. There were a lot of great things that were coming up in 2020. I was honored to be a part of Damon John's book, Power Shift. So he had highlighted people in his book that was coming out in March 2020. And, and you know, you see names like Billie Jean King and Chris Jenner and Mark Cuban and Sherlinda Scales. And I'm blown away. I'm like, how the heck did I make this list? You know, imposter syndrome a little bit, but I was excited because there was, you know, all this great stuff that was going to occur. And I had in my head, even though I knew I was pregnant and I'm supposed I'm due in March 2020, I was going to take six weeks rest and get back at it and travel with him. What I wasn't expecting was that my business model would be wrong. So many people had told me over the years to include Gary Vaynerchuk. He told me at an event, your business model is backwards because I was reliant on grocery stores. Grocery stores don't have to pay you up front. Grocery stores order whenever they want. You don't really have control over this process. As opposed to e-commerce, which is now the preferred method of selling anything, where you can control the messaging to your customers, the frequency and the how many different flavors you can offer your customers. You can give them merchandise if you want. So he's like, you lack so much control in your business when you are doing it the way you're doing. And so he's like, if you just set up mudsauce.com, get that thing rolling like now. That was like 2018. Did I listen? No. As we say in the South, a hard head makes a soft behind. It's going to hurt. So... I was sitting there with my newborn in the hospital, had not looked at TV, had my phone on at all. I was just in the moment. When I turned that thing back on, turned the TV on, they were talking about coronavirus. I was like, I don't know what that is. The nurses come in. There's this thing called coronavirus. I'm like, does my baby have it? No. Okay. I don't know what this is. And then my phone had cancellations of every single event that I had booked for the entire year for Mutt Sauce. No refunds. So I'm staring down the barrel of zero revenue, zero chance of making money, and no refunds from the, the stuff I had invested in for events that year. And didn't have anything on muttsauce.com because I didn't listen. So I had what everybody sees now with mutt sauce, like I was at home calling friends who had e-commerce accounts, going on YouTube. You had to put the mindset of a startup. You have to think, I'm starting over. What did I do? Invoke the grind and get it done. You can't be complacent or you're going to get left behind. So that's what happened between March and May of 2020 was flipping from grocery to 90% e-com. It's wild. And it's, uh, yeah, that will get you in gear real quick. <laughs> you're like, they're like, oh, your deposit's good for the event next year. We'll hold it, it for right. next year. And you're just like, but I need that money back right now, please. I need now. Yeah. And then waiting on POs from grocery stores. Exactly. It's stressful. Now, all of that, right? You've got, walk me through this. I love this headline and (laughs) rock bottom has a trampoline. So your book, walk me through one, I guess, what compelled you to write the book, the process of writing it, and then we'll get into where people can pick it up. Yeah, well, who this book is for is for any aspiring entrepreneur, any entrepreneur who's been in the thick of it and you're on the, the roller coaster, as we as we say, or if you're someone who's an established entrepreneur and there are things that happen like COVID that you're like, all of a sudden you're having to pivot when you thought everything was 
set in place. It is like choose your own adventure. Uh, I think that some parts of it will be more relevant now than others. So when I broke down Rock Bottom Has a Trampoline, it came from a speech that I gave at the Military Influencer Conference in 20, I think it was 2019. And I said, if you believe in something bigger than yourself, Rock Bottom Has a Trampoline. And what I was talking about was a chapter of my life that I had not said out loud which was my divorce. And a lot of people were like, you were married? I'm like, I was, yeah, uh, yeah. But I abruptly left my marriage. And this was the week after I had won, it's called Bob Evans Heroes of CEOs contest. And they assigned a celebrity mentor, which was Damon John. So on the surface, like the highlight reel, everything was perfect. It could not have been a higher point for me as an entrepreneur. But what they didn't know was the very next week became the lowest point in my life where I had nowhere to live. I had left my marital home. I was I found an apartment in the middle of D.C. I had to get a job to continue to pay the rent. The rent was two thousand dollars. It was a one bedroom apartment. I didn't have any furniture. So I'm just paying for the space. And I'm doing interviews on every every publication you can think of TV interviews run by the PR firm for Bob Evans because they're wanting this is a good news story for them. So I can't let them know that my life is falling apart, that everything that I know as reality has been upended on behind the scenes. And how do you keep a company afloat when you really just want to crawl under a rock and stay there. And on top of that, there was a magazine called Military Spouse Magazine. It's in every military base in the globe. And they said, you're our cover person for the next month for the magazine. I was like, military spouse? Are you kidding me? And that was the moment where she, the editor, she's like, this is not about you being a, a good wife or a bad wife or whatever criticism, delusion you're in right now. This is about you telling your story as an entrepreneur so that other military spouses can see that they're not just there to hold signs at airports and say, welcome home and to just keep the house you know, straight. They're running companies and they're not just women. Military spouses are also men. So I was like, OK, she said, you're if what I internalized was if you believe in something bigger than yourself, because she said this is bigger than you, you can bounce back from this. And so that mindset that I took then is what fueled what everyone saw for the next coming years. Because I said, this whole saying that rock bottom has a basement is wrong. Rock bottom has a trampoline. If you decide that this moment is just a moment and that you are here breathing and meant for something greater because you have this vision of your company or whatever you want to do, and it has a trampoline. You're just going to, it's okay. You're just going to keep bouncing back. If you have to bounce back multiple times, then so be it. And there's many different types of rock bottoms and every chapter talks about all the rock bottoms I experienced in 10 years that I never talked about. Powerful. When the book is released, we will put links to it in the show notes. So depending on when you are listening, um, <laughs> it should be down there in the show notes section. Charlena, before I let you go, let people know where should they connect with you online? Yeah, well, you can go to charlindagene.com. There's also muttsauce.com. And always catch me. You can catch me on social media at Jean J-E-A-N. Amazing. Thank you uh, so much for coming on today and sharing the story. It was awesome. Thank you, Jordan. You're amazing. 
All right, everybody, that's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Hit all those like, share, subscribe buttons down below, and I'll catch you next time.